Graham, thanks very much for your time today. Uh, in this podcast, we are going to look at the, the ninth mediation audit and some of the, the headline stats and things that people need to know. But before we get into the, the meat of what the audit um, uncovered and revealed, could you just tell the listeners who are perhaps not familiar with the audit what it is, what it seeks to achieve, but also what its limitations are? Sure, Ben. Um, well, the, the, the city mediation audit has been, has been going since 2003, and it essentially is a survey of the UK commercial mediation profession. So we endeavour to reach out to as many commercial mediators as we can. Um, as, the, the as many is important because I don't just mean the CEDA accredited or the CEDA panel members. The survey, we try to go to everybody. So we use um, our connections with the Civil Mediation Council and with other providers to get as much response and as much outreach as possible. Um, we also do a parallel survey with, with lawyers Obviously, on that survey, we tend only to get responses from those who have views or an exposure to mediation. But at least it gives us an opportunity to compare and contrast mediator and lawyer views. As I said, the survey has been running since 2003, roughly every two years. So this is the, the ninth iteration. And it is a fairly lengthy survey done online. Um, we just published the details of where the link is and any mediator who wishes to, to, to fill in the details is, is able to do so, and they 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 have they do so anonymously. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I can't put names to any of the responses or any of the opinions. No, no, and, and and it covers commercial mediation in the UK, not family mediation. Is that right? Um, we don't consciously reach out to the family mediation community. Um, we do ask a couple. So I, so I believe that the respondents would primarily be commercial mediators. I do ask a couple of questions along the lines of. You know, are you doing any family mediation or any workplace or employment mediation on the side? And and some are. So I pick up a little bit of that, but I'm not I'm not claiming that this is a, an accurate or comprehensive or reliable survey of say the family mediation field. And like we said, this is this podcast is aimed to be a sort of everything you need to know, a snapshot of of commercial mediation in the UK um, at present. And, and and to that end, we're going to cover sort of five key things quite quickly today, which is. Firstly, the mediation marketplace, what is the size of it? Secondly, how are, um, well, the performance in mediation, how, how are mediators performing? Um, but they're going to look at sort of who are the mediators and issues around uh, diversity and inclusion. Then mediation in the time of COVID, which will also, um, within that, look at the sort of emergence of online mediation. And then finally, look at the contribution of the mediation field more widely to, to business. And, and like you said, it is a very lengthy survey. So there is a lot more to see in the actual document, but this is just going to be um, a a short snapshot. So starting with the mediation marketplace, what did the audit uncover about that this year, Graham? So what what the audit shows this year in relation to the marketplace, and and, and I need to be quite careful about my timing here because there's been obviously been a lot of change in the last year. So initially, I've tried to assess what the marketplace was in the year immediately prior to the lockdown. Mm -hmm. So if you like a clean financial year up to March, 2020. Yeah. Um, What the audit shows during is that, is that during that final year, the market had grown to about 16 and a half thousand cases per year. Now that's pretty impressive growth given that two years ago, 
we were at only 12,000. So the audit is showing 38% growth across the two-year period. So that's 15, 16% per annum growth compound, um, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. um, as to where that growth has come from, mm -hmm. um, traditionally, the, the marketplace has been possible to divide into three sectors. Um, schemes, which is things like the Court of Appeals scheme, NHS resolution, and other sort of mass organized schemes. Um, direct referrals, which is where clients or lawyers go direct to individual mediators and service providers where they go to through service providers. This year, the main growth area seems to have come in direct ad hoc referrals. That's grown quite significantly um, by over 50% in, in that two year period. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been one of the main drivers in, in, in the overall growth. Yeah. And then, so that that so the, the, these stats are for up to March twenty twenty last to last year. March twenty twenty, yes. So they're not affected by the by the pandemic yes. or by lockdown. So I think we'll maybe look at what the impact of the, yes. the pandemic was on mediations when we come to look at online yeah. mediation. Yeah, that's um, right. So this so this is if you like this sixteen and a half thousand. That's our baseline. Yeah. Pre all the unusual things that happened in the past year or so. But overall, that I mean, that's quite a, quite encouraging to see a sort of fifteen percent growth per annum is is, is positive news. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, really. And, and in terms of the fact that the, the main growth was in ad hoc referrals, is that, why do you think that was? Is, is that unusual compared to previous years? Uh, no, we've had variations from year to year. So I think two years ago, we saw significant growth in schemes. But that, that was driven by the emergence of a number of new schemes at that time. Um, some of the large employer schemes, the NHS resolution scheme, that had quite an impact two years ago. Now those, so those those schemes have continued, yeah. But have obviously therefore only grown steadily. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I I probably look at it the other way around. Actually, I'd say it's it's the important point is that the total market has grown. Yeah. And that then it's just a question of the shape of that total figure and how that's okay. changed. Okay. Yeah. But positive news all around. Yes. Um, indeed. Yeah. Now now looking at performance in mediation. Um, what did the audit tell us about the sort of settlement rates experienced in the in the last few years? Um, settlement rates in mediation have always been fairly high. Um, and it, that's been a sort of universal feature of, of the survey, um, really going back to 2003. Yeah, I think the field has, has, has reported well over 70, 75% ever since then. Um, but in, the, in more recent years, um, the profession as a whole has been achieving far higher rates than that. So the, the settlement rates reported by mediators for that year to March 2020 was 92%. Wow. Um, which is extremely high. It's 3% it's, it's up on the 89% in 2018. And, that fig and to be fair, that figure includes settlement on the day of mediation, 72% of all mediations, but then another 21% for which mediation claims the credit because good progress was made on the day and the case settled very shortly thereafter. Yeah. So we're looking at 92 to 93% settlement rate in total. Uh, absolutely, yeah, across the whole across the whole profession. And as I say, consistently over the years. And when you get into detail of that, that settlement rate seems quite consistent across the different types of mediation, types of mediator, experience levels. So yeah. that, that looks like a, a fairly consistent locked-in pattern. But it's a highly effective process. 
Yeah, and, and reporting on that is quite important because obviously, you know, we've made tremendous progress in terms of getting more people to mediate. But I think reporting on things like that is just further encouragement to those who might still be hesitant about the process. You can clearly demonstrate that it is, it is incredibly effective. Yes, you can. You can certainly demonstrate it's incredibly effective there. And of course, that, that when you then also link that into the statistics about the length of mediations, you know, the, typ the typical duration of a mediation is only about 14 hours of professional time from the mediator's perspective. So that that rather indirectly speaks to the fact that it's, it's a relatively less expensive process, shall we say, than the adversarial litigation that could go on for some considerable period of time. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's incredibly good value for money, shall we say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And now moving on to look at sort of who are the mediators and, and within that issues around diversity and inclusion. And this is something that you've been, been raising for quite a while now. Mm. Um, when we look at the, the marketplace and, and who the mediators are, um, has there been much change since the previous audit in terms of the composition of the mediators? Not an awful lot, really. Um, there is a stereotype of, of your typical mediator, which I'm afraid is still fairly true. It, it, it's, it's still fairly male-dominated, white-dominated, um, above-average age profile. And that, that's not changed very much um, over the years. So that's a, that's a sort of long-running pattern. There has been some improvements or some changes over the years, particularly in terms of the, the level of, of female representation in the profession. Um, so we now have a significant proportion. Of, I think we have a significant proportion of, of, of female mediators, 41% um, of the advanced group of mediators. And by advanced group of mediators, they're, they're the ones who, who are actually practicing and, yeah. and, and have done a reasonable amount of mediation work. So... 41% of women in that group, um, which is getting closer, obviously, to society, and is also getting closer to our, what I always see as our benchmark profession, which is the law society. Yeah. Um, not least because they publish some, some really useful figures. So in, in, in the solicitor's profession, 49% 49% of solicitors in private practice are women, although even in the law society, that drops to 31% if you're looking at partners. So advanced mediators, 41% women, that puts us ahead of partners in law firms, but still behind society as a whole. Yeah, so, so moving in the right direction, but still work to moving do. In, moving in the right direction, yes. Yes, where we're not really moving in the right direction, though, is in terms of ethnic diversity. Um, Non-white mediators, 8% of, of, of our, our population. Um, that compares to a benchmark of 17% across the solicitor's profession. Uh, fairly long-running issue, this, in terms of the, the, the lack of diversity in the field. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same thing is if you look at any, if you, frankly, if you look at any provider's panel, you'll see exactly the same situation. Yeah. There's significant issues there. So one of the things that we've explored, particularly in this, in this, in this audit, uh, which is probably worthy of a separate podcast of its own, Ben. Yeah. We asked the mediators and lawyers quite a few questions to get behind these issues about the lack of diversity in the field. Firstly, did they actually agree that there was insufficient diversity? And we posited a number of possible explanations for that arising out of some work that the CEDA Foundation did in recent years. And we also posited with them a number of solutions. And, and quite usefully, we, we've come up with a number of 
and possible solutions that seem to have um, enlisted quite a lot of support from both mediators and lawyers. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably rather too detailed a topic for right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, for, firstly, we would encourage people to actually go and look at the report and, 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 you know, what was reported on that area and, you know, in depth at some of these initiatives. But I think you're right, Graham, we should do a separate podcast looking at that yeah. specific issue because it is a it is a pretty big one. It is an incredibly um, important one. Um, so we touched on earlier mediation within the time of, of co- the COVID pandemic and also online mediation. So the things we talked about so far in terms of the marketplace was up to March 2020 when the lockdown hit what was the I suppose before the pandemic in terms of online mediation I take it it wasn't widely used not particularly widely used I um, I was quite surprised actually that, that, that I got as much as 10 percent of all cases being done online before mm-hmm. the lockdown but there seemed to that seemed to be undertaken by very few mediators yeah so it looks like there were some early adopters which to some extent reflects the you know the growth in online mediation, particularly amongst those who've been promoting it and promoting training in it. That's been around for a number of years. So I'm not surprised that there are some people who, who had got with it and started to use it. Yeah. Um, but that picture has changed radically from, from the end of March onwards. Um, so as I said, we started off with a, a very small 10% um, cases being done online. In the period immediately after the lockdown, so between March and September, the total number of commercial mediations fell by 35%. However, 89% of those mediations were conducted online. So there was a massive shift um, from face-to-face to to online. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose, frankly, for me, the impressive figure there is is the fact that the commercial mediations only fell by, by 35%. Yeah. In other words, from what was virtually a standing start, online mediation stepped up and kicked in incredibly quickly. Yeah. And were it not for that very swift pivot, no doubt the, the, the total of commercial mediations in the marketplace would have been even more significantly lower than it was. Yeah. And does the audit tell us anything about how sort of comfortable both mediators and lawyers were with mediating online, but and also the sort of ability to mediate online, because like you said, we there was no choice and a lot of people, there were some early adopters, but not everyone will have will have been well-versed in it. But do we have any indication of how proficient mediators were in, uh, in the online space? Yeah, we asked a series of questions of mediators about this. Um, so the first question, how comfortable are you mediating online? Um, I asked mediators and lawyers separately to, to mark themselves out of 10. Um, got some interesting results. So the average score for mediators in terms of how comfortable was 6.85 out of 10, whereas for lawyers it was lower at 6.1. Yeah. Now, what is interesting looking at the detail is is the mediators tended to be either very uncomfortable, and about 20% of all members mediators were there, or extremely comfortable at the other end. (laughs) So nothing in the middle. (laughs) No. However, when you look at the lawyers... It's a traditional bell curve. There are very few outliers and everybody is in the middle. Okay. So quite an interesting behavioral difference, it seems to me, between lawyers and mediators. Yeah. And we would expect that ability and comfort to hopefully only get better with time. I mean, and yes. that kind of leads me on to, do you think that, is there I mean, any indication maybe from the audit or anecdotally that online mediation is, is here to stay? 
or do we think there's going to be a sort of hybrid model between mediating online and in person, depending on the case? I think, the I think there'll be a hybrid model, personally, judging from the results of some of the, of some, other, some of the other questions we asked. So one of the questions we asked was, was we asked people what they liked about online mediating and what they disliked. And as, as always with, with open questions and writing answers, you get a whole panoply of responses. Yeah. But there were two consistent themes. What do you like about online mediation? An incredibly high proportion of those responses were about convenience, about flexibility, about ease of access. So they were very much about accessibility of the process and online mediation being more accessible by users and parties than having to travel and convene in a particular physical location. On the other hand, when we looked at what they didn't like, it was much more the technical issues that mediators didn't like. People find it hard to read body language on the screen, um, harder to build rapport, um, harder to read the room, those types of observations. So there was there was a real there was a classic sort of pro and con split across yeah. the group as a whole. Um, we went on to ask to ask our, our response though what they thought the, the impact of online mediation would be in the future. Um, over 70% of mediators thought that online mediation would have a, an increased effect on uh, the overall level of mediation activity in the future. In other words, they, they're perceiving it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. They're particularly supportive of online, of, of online mediation for cross-border mediation activity. Uh, I think nearly 80% of, of, of mediators think it's, that online is going to create growth in that area. Um, they were rather less convinced that the online mediation was going to have much of an effect on settlement rates. In fact, the group was pretty evenly split between the increase and decrease and no change. Um, there was a, fair, a majority of view that, that, that the online would reduce the length of mediation and probably also reduce the cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think taking all those figures into round, um, and also, I think there's I also, one of the other questions we asked was what types of cases were suitable for online. And obviously, straightforward cases, cases which were not too people heavy, mm -hmm. cases involving people, clients who were, should we say, more amenable to online communications medium. Um, so I think there's going to be a definite place for online mediation going forward. And I think it will be a contributor to growth. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be a panacea, it's not going to close out face to face. Yeah, I think your big ticket, your your high value, your complex cases, still like to be a preponderance of, of parties and lawyers preferring face-to-face -face model. Yeah, and as a practicing mediator yourself, do you think that perhaps online mediation might be used more, say, in the sort of pre-mediation work, whereas traditionally you might have a telephone call with parties. Now you might do that face-to-face, -face, albeit online. So it's it's maybe got a place there as well. It's a really interesting point because one of, one of the questions I asked. Ben, in the survey, was, was asking mediators what changes they'd seen in the field or what trends in the last couple of years. And a number of respondents referred specifically to pre-mediation contact and preparation. There was a, there was a universal view that, that mediators wanted clients to do more preparation. That was one of the major pieces of advice that they wanted to give to clients. Um, but in terms of mediators' own profession, it seemed to me that those mediators who'd been using online mediation and because of the, the need for more client contact before the more formal mediation to set the process up, 
to understand, make sure that everybody was comfortable with it. They were seeing benefits from that in terms of the rapport building and just the fact that there'd be more pre-mediation contact. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that lesson plays back even into the face-to-face -face field. Yeah. But even if you're doing the traditional face-to-face -face thing, maybe more pre-mediation contact would still pay would, would still bring more advantages. Yeah. Yeah, but it's an incredibly interesting development and one that I'm sure that will will continue in the next few years. And and just finally on to the sort of the, the bit about the audit that I like the most, which is the the big sort of eye watering figures at the end with mm. respect to the contribution of the the mediation field to I would say well sort of society as a whole and, and business. What are what are the sort of numbers coming out this year in terms of the contribution of mediation? So the total the total value of cases mediated across the field, uh, it gets slightly skewed by, by mega cases, but for, if we just ignore the few mega cases, 17.5 billion pounds of value a year. Wow. That's up from 11.5 billion in 2018. So quite a significant increase in, in overall case value being mediated. What that means is that since mediation launched in the UK, um, the total value of mediated cases has been about 155 billion pounds. Well, the key figure for me is what, what have we saved society? Um, this year, the commercial mediation profession will save business around £4.6 billion by helping society businesses avoid wasted management time, damaged relationships, lost productivity, law fees. Yeah. So what that means is our profession has contributed savings of about £40 billion since 1990. Yeah. So in comparison, so compare the two headline numbers, 4.6 billion of savings a year coming from our profession. Mm -hmm. Our profession's total size in terms of total fee income, about 50 million pounds. So the, the multiplier in terms of productivity is still phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is incredible. And hopefully again, it's, it's further, um, data to illustrate how valuable this process can be and, and help it kick on further in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, because there's still a sense that, that there's an awful lot more litigation. And not just litigation, there's an awful lot more conflict out there in society that, that the businesses in particular were, were more mediation aware. There's an awful lot of, 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 of conflict, frankly, which is being ignored or not being addressed even if it's not the sort of stuff that would still be in the court. So mediation still has enormous potential for, for, for further growth and further success. Absolutely. Well, Graham, thank you very much for your time today and for giving us uh, sort of everything you need to know about the state of mediation. And I would encourage people to, to go and look at the report in full detail because there's a lot more data, there's a lot more um, sort of insight there, and the link will be in, in the podcast description. And uh, I think also... You know, there are um, quite a few interesting points that we can maybe do some follow-up podcasts and discussion on like diversity, like mediating online. So um, hopefully see you then, Graham. Great. Thanks very much, man.